0: Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit,
1: with subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hello, everyone. So welcome to be joining tonight. Whatever part of the country or the world that you're listening from, whatever time zone, if it's Africa or if it's whatever, And um, So we're just delighted to have you here tonight at the Kingdom Gathering Bible Study with Dr. Frank Summerall and he's been teaching on the book of Daniel, and uh, without any further ado, I'm going to hand it over to Dr. Frank Summerall and we're just delighted to have you
2: Peter Frank, Thank you so much. Good to hear from you, Deborah. This is the day the Lord hath made. We shall be glad and rejoice in it. All those listening, we're dealing with the book of Daniel. But before doing that, I'd like to start with prayer and then move into the study that we have. At the end of the teaching tonight, we have Holy Communion. Generally, that's what we do on Tuesday. So you get your wine ready, you get your bread ready. And so we will be having that at the end part of this particular teaching. Father God, we want to thank you for this day. We want to thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your very presence, the presence of the Lord. We know that the presence fills us and thrills us and causes the blessings of heaven to come our way. So we can be effective in the kingdom of God by the very fact what you're doing now in our hearts and in our lives and through us. We to you, we give the glory and the praise and the honor, not to man, but to you. And we thank you for this wonderful day that we have today. We give you all praise and glory and honor in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Daniel, we're dealing with the third chapter in the book of Daniel. And what we're dealing with is a very positive and wonderful. Now, I want to do a little background just for a moment here talking about in chapter one, we were dealing with the fact of history, aiming what time period Daniel is. He's from 616 B.C., and it takes it all the way back into eternity. that even to the second coming of Christ. And the book of Daniel is quite interesting because it has 12 chapters, 357 verses. It's the 27th book of the Bible, and it has so much to say and so in that time period where Daniel was back in Babylon, because that was prophetically spoken of, and you'll find this in Isaiah chapter 39, talking about the years, the time element involved. And as we see that, we understand something more about Daniel. Also, too, that Daniel spoke specifically to the times of the Gentiles, 2,500 years. He built an image of himself. First he had a dream, then he built an image. And what we're dealing tonight with is so powerful and so wonderful. But you see, when Daniel came to Babylon, he had his young men with him. And those young men were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these men were so strong and so great because they followed the example they had to follow, and that was looking at Daniel. We don't find any negative word about Daniel in the Bible. We find that he was positive. We find that he was good-looking. We find that he was intelligent. We find that he was prophetic. Everything about Daniel was written in there for our admonition and our learning. Uh, in fact, they had to, and before coming before the king, they had eight things that they had to do. They had to be princes. They had to be young. They had to be without blemish. They had to be handsome. They had to be knowledgeable. They had to be well-educated. They had to be proficient in science. Then they had to show refinement and polish in order to stand before the king. They had all these things. Talking about that. So we're just touching on that just a little bit. Now,
1: Hello everyone. We just lost Dr. Frank Sumrall. Um My goodness. Well, we're going to. I'm going to call him back and let him know that we've lost him. So he should be calling back into on the air. And while I do that, I'm going to. I'm going to play something here for you. It's going to be about three minutes and twenty seconds. Um, we're going to get a hold of Frank as soon as possible. So we'll be right back with you.
0: My friend, I have a few questions to ask you. Has anyone ever told you that God loves you and that He has a great plan for your life? If today were your last day here on earth, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? If you answered yes, is that because you are a good person or is it because you attend church regularly? Have you ever heard that the Bible reads, For all have sinned, and come short of the glory of God. The Bible also reads, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And it also reads, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My friend, did you know that you are a whosoever? I'd like to say a prayer for you. Lord, bless my friend right now. I thank you that you are doing a quick work in my friend's heart. And Jesus, right now, make yourself real, to my friend. If you have not called, upon the name of the Lord, I pray, that you will do so, right now. Say this prayer, with your heart, and with your mouth, out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Set me free, Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe that God raised you from the dead. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with the peace of God and the joy of the Lord. Give me a passion to reach the lost. Give me a hunger for the things of God. And Father, give me a holy boldness to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you that I am saved. I am born again. I am forgiven and on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. My friend, when you ask Jesus to come into your heart and to forgive you, he heard your prayer and he forgave you. All your sins are now forgiven. And always remember to run to God and not from God because he loves you and has a great plan for your life. I would like to encourage you, if you have friends who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, Make copies of this recording on CD and give it to them. And let God change their lives in the same way he's changed yours. Regards, your friend.
1: Welcome back everyone, I'm glad that you called back in, and uh, so, but we're still waiting on Dr. Frank Summerall to call in, and uh, we've lost him on the line, so he's been to- talking about and teaching on the book of Daniel, and we're having a lot of storms here, so that might be one of the issues, um, so we should be having him calling back at any time. Just to let you know that if you have any prayer requests or anything like that, you can call one eight six six eight five seven four 857 That one 1-866-857-4837. And if you have any prayer requests or anything like that, or questions or comments or testimonies, then you can email us at FireTalkRadio, the number two at yahoo dot com. That is FireTalkRadio, the number two at yahoo dot com. So that's FireTalkRadio two at yahoo dot com. So. And also, if you are in the Central Florida area or any place like that near here, then you can call um, and you want to go to the River at Tampa Bay Church. You can go to thirty-seven, thirty-eight River International Drive. It's an absolutely awesome place to be, to go to. And it is... Um, it's just, It's a great place to be, and um, it's an awesome on-fire church. So, it's, if you can go, you can go there, and you can also watch it online as well. You can watch that online, so, at revival.com. So, while we're waiting on Dr. Frank Summerall to call in, I'm just letting you know all the announcements here. So... That you can know and you can you can call call in, you can watch them live online. And so and with we have Doctor Frank Sumral again with us. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm going to I am going to get his line live. So if you'll hold on, we're gonna have him right with us. Hold on, please. Hello, Doctor Frank okay. Summerl. I'm glad you called back. We have you now on the line, praise God. <laughs> oh, I
2: tell you what. Every time we get going like that the thing wants to just shut out.
1: But what we were
2: talking about is the integrity these young men had inside of them was the very fact that the God of Israel lived inside of them. And today in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ and our walk in the Holy Ghost and our walk with the Father, people are going to see and know and feel the demonstration of the kingdom of God flowing out from us to them. That's what God wants us, to be witnesses around the world, and then where we go, they will feel and know the power of the Almighty God setting the captive free and causing these things to happen. So they were not afraid of the king. And so watch it. This is the third chapter of the book of Daniel. having having to do with the fact they're about ready to get thrown into the fiery furnace. And the king is so angry, he commands them to cause it to be seven times hotter Seven times hotter than it's ever been. And so, verse nineteen. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, fury, and he the form of his visit was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake commanded that they should heat the furnace seven times more than it wanted actually was heated. So he commanded the most mighty men, then an army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, cast them into the burning furnace. Then these men were bound with their coats. And Hosen, their hats, other garments, were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, the furnace was exceeding hot. And the flame of fire blew those men. That took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The fire was so hot, the men that actually threw them in there, (laughs) the men that threw them in there died right at the beginning of the furnace. And they were thrown into the middle of the furnace. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Because this is what happened. When that happened, when they got thrown into it like that, into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace, verse 24, that Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and even spake and said to his counselors, Did we not throw three men bound in the midst of the fire? And they said, Yes, king, true. He said, I answered. Then he answered and said to them, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. The four of the fourth is like the Son of God. Why did he say that? Because he realized that no man could take that fire, that fourth one had to be the son of God. And Jesus will meet you when you're in your furnace. He will meet you in your problem. He will meet you at your need. And when it seems the worst, then that's when he shows up. That's when Jesus shows up. That's when the power of God will touch you. That's when healing comes and glory comes and victory comes. The blessing of the Lord comes at the midnight hour at the midnight hour. Now watch this. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning from fiery furnace, and spake, it said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High. Then he finally read, he said, 'Wait wait a minute here, you servants of the Most High God. He said, come out of here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth from the midst of the fire. And the princes, the governor, the captain, the king's counselors gathered together and saw these men upon whose body the fire had no power. Nor was the hair of their head singed. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who hath sent his angel. (laughs) It's little more than an angel. It was the son of the living God. I believe that God commissioned his son, go down there into that fiery furnace, And show up and let my name be known. That's what he does. He wants his name to be known on the earth. The name of healing, the name of blessing, the name of joy, the name of peace, the name of righteousness. God wants his name to be known on the earth. Not a God who destroys, but a God who blesses, a God who touches, a God who heals, a God that has compassion. Oh, that's the one we're talking about. This mighty God that we serve, that we love, we adore, we bless his holy name. The Bible says, let everything within me bless his holy name. We're going to do it right now. We're going to bless his holy name. That's why my hands are raised. That's why I just, tears are coming to my eyes. The spirit of God is on me because I know the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And any time we have such a story that's presented before us, uh, they didn't fear the king. They they fear anything he had to say. And they said to the king, said, we don't know whether we are going to be delivered or not, but this we do know, we will not bow our knee to your God. We'll not do it. That shows right now in Testament fortitude. Right now that talks about guts. G-U-T-S. That talks about guts. But more than that, it was what they had on the inside. What was on the inside conquered the outside. Because when God from heaven saw how strong they were in their confession. That's what had happened. Hallelujah. So notice what he says after that. Finally the king changed his mind. He goes all the way around. And then Nebuchadnezzar twenty eight, he blessed the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who hath delivered his angel and delivered his servants and trusted in him. We have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies. They might not serve or worship any God except their own God. Then he makes a declaration. He says, therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. Their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. And then after that promotion came. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. What a story. What a story. It's so powerful. It's so wonderful. It's so glorious that God has placed that in the word of God. In that third chapter, that is the story. But like I said before, it's on the interior. And the days we're living in right now are so wonderful for so wedding day. I know we had a war going over there in Israel just a while ago. I don't know if we still continue or not. But I'm telling you, that more people are being moved to the direction of prophecy because they're seeing what's happening on the earth. All the weathers are changing. All kinds of crazy things are happening. Wars around. Famines around. Everything you can mention according to the time of the last day is upon us now. We're feeling that. We're knowing that. We're seeing that. But, oh, I've got good news with you. The Bible says, look up. Your redemption draws nigh. Look up. Your redemption's coming closer than ever before. Look up That the power of God is going to be demonstrated in his people in this time. That we will rise up and be the men and women God has called us to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> glory, 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 glory. That's our God. That's our God. He cares. He understands. He knows. He knows all about us and even more that our God is a mighty God. Oh, we just see some of those things. So what we're going to do, we're going to look at a little history back here and show you how God delivered. Because the Lord gave me a very interesting thought, and I want to present it to you, that the three words those young men had to live by, the first thing was determination. They said, we will not bow. That's what every one of us needs. We need determination to do the right thing, to live right, to be right, to act right, to think right. Everything about that God has entrusted to us, that God wants us to be examples of the earth, that we shouldn't walk in anger, we shouldn't walk in bitterness, we have nothing against anybody. We love everybody. That people will see God in us. There's a lot of religion out there, all kinds of people with religious thoughts and ideas and everything about their plans and no plans or anything else a lot of talking about the last days, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, that's going to happen, all these things are there. But the best demonstration I can say before you is a person full of the Holy Ghost and fire. That's the demonstration of God that he wants to bring on the earth right now. Even in Daniel's day, when they saw in that fiery furnace the fourth man, oh, oh. Uh, poor Robert preached a great message about that. He goes and takes all the books over that who was that fourth man? And he goes all the way back to Genesis. He went to Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way through, all the way through the Bible. So that was his message. But my message to you is get full of the Holy Ghost and fire. And God wants to use you as a one or a person that trumpets the word of God, saying, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up! So having to do with the fact that determination that, like I said before, they had a test in the to. That's true. They had guts. But what caused that was the example that Daniel set before him. And when Daniel set precedence, what he did, he said, we're not going to have the king's meat. We won't take that. We want to take a test. We'll test anybody here that we'll be better looking anything else in ten days. If we're not, then you can stop doing that. Because what that eunuch said to them, if you don't look as good as these others do, my head will be on the platter before the king. That's what would happen. But what happened in that 10-day time, what happened, they looked better, they were stronger, more intelligent, everything happened. So if you, (laughs) what God wants to do, if you show up, and be a blessing to mankind, God will show off his goodness, his blessings, all the things that he has, all the things that he has had out there. Oh, my, 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 my. The other word that I would think (coughs) is the word sanctification. Sanctification is holy. They had a conscience inside of them that knew that God was a holy God. We have to come back to that point in time again, brothers and sisters, that we know that God is holy. Hallelujah. We read the holy book called the Bible. We should live a holy life as example. Not only that, what having to do with holy? Holy is the separation from the world to righteousness. That's basically what holy is. Like the angels, they cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. And the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 6 that the very post of heaven were moved by the antipodal sound that the angels were calling forth, holy, holy, holy. And as I speak to you tonight, I feel the holiness of God. I feel his power, his grace, his mercy, his love, his peace, his joy, his righteousness, filling up many souls tonight. That's a challenge. It's a challenge to live holy. Amen. What they always say. Any dead fish can float down the stream. But it takes a live fish to swim against the current. That's what trouts do. Crouts come upstream. They jump from place to place as they come up. The trout does that. So we are filled with God, and God is in us, that people will see and know that we are the God kind of people. Amen. Not talking about religion, it has nothing to do with that at all. We're having to do with reality, who we are. And what God specifically gives us a story about was showing you how powerful he is. Now, did you notice? Did you notice? In that fourth chapter What they did, what the Babylonians did, is they changed the name of those people. Even changed the name of Daniel, changed the name of Abednego, changed the name of Meshach and Shadrach. They changed their name because they wanted full control of their life. And here's what they were saying. The men were saying. These three men were saying, I don't care what you call us. We're still our Hebrew name inside of us. We are still made of what God made us. We still have integrity. We still walk with the almighty God. We hear the trumpet of God inside of our hearts, inside of our lives. And that's why they could face that wicked king. And they finally said, we don't know whether God will deliver us or not. They're putting their whole life on the chopping block. That's what they were doing. But, oh, the Bible tells us, if God be forth who can be against us. That's when God comes in and rescues any situation. Such power, such glory, such majesty, that he's coming in and destroying the very works of the devil. The Bible says the reason Jesus came. You know, Christmas time, it's something else to me. Because they sing all these crazy songs. But you know what? I like the fact this is the one they should start with when they talk not, not songs. We're talking about worship. We're talking about some scriptures scripture written there. I love the thing and talking about in John. It says in third or First John chapter three verse eight. They said for this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's why Jesus came. We can't look at him as the little babe in Bethlehem. That was the only way. That was the only vehicle that God used. He used that wonderful vehicle. He brought it all the way down to earth. Amazing, amazing, amazing. We won't even understand until we get to heaven. Because there's, like we have videos down here. We have CDs down. We have kind of uh, ways of noticing something and seeing it on the large screen. Wonder what that large screen gonna be in heaven, it'd be miles long. It'd be something else. When we see that screen showing us everything that we missed on the earth and we don't understand. But when Jesus, born of a virgin, came to earth to set mankind free, he didn't operate into the action of his power until until Huh, oh, hallelujah. I'm talking about the power of the Spirit of the Living God. It wasn't until the fact that he was baptized. And when he was baptized, then God says, this is my beloved son to whom I'm well pleased. hear you are. That's when the power came upon him. And a lot of people have been asking the question, what about where did Jesus receive his power? Put aside, the Bible says he laid aside his glory. He laid aside his glory. So he just came into normal man. But the word of God tells us is when that spirit came on him, there in Matthew chapter three, you see the Spirit descended on him like a dove. That doesn't mean it was like the dove like all the time. It had to do with the fact that the nature of the dove came upon him, the power of the Spirit of God came on him, and from that time you see miracles happening, great miracles happening, tremendous. Got stronger, stronger as he was in ministry. So Jesus, now here it is. In Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So that's how he met every situation that he had when he was on the earth, by the power of the Spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. Now, we haven't finished what we're talking about yet because... What we're dealing with, we're dealing with these three young men. We're dealing with their determination and their sanctification in order to be holy. But by their determination and by their sanctification, God brought in protection. God got involved and determined and said, I'm going to set those boys free. I'm going to send my son down there, and he will be the witness the king even said, i want to give you a second chance to make up your mind. And they said in the coming vernacular, no way, Jose." That's what he said. No, sir. Uh-uh. No way. Because they even if they would not have been spared, they knew that they were going to go and be heaven. But this brought great testimony to the empire there. And they saw that. Now, Where else does this happen? All the way. See, God holds precedence. He takes history. Because history means his story. His story. All the way through. First, let's go back to Exodus chapter 14. Showing it how that God brought protection. That's why in the same form, in the same way, God brought protection to these three men. So, I'm telling you right now, now, we have had protection in our lives ever since I can remember as a small boy. I remember when we were traveling from San Francisco to the Philippines. I was five years old. And we got in a Swedish freighter. And the freighter's name was Juan And I just see the squares. But on the way there, we had three typhoons. That slowed us down. It took 21 days to go from San Francisco to Manila. And in those three typhoons, even the captain said, my dad, myself, and the captain were the only ones on the ship that weren't sick. Everybody else. And we got to eat a lot of good Swedish meatballs. (laughs) We got to eat like nobody did because everybody else on the ship was sick. So in that process, what I was watching out there, I had to stand right beside it as close as I could, not to the rail, but all the way to the side of the boat, or the ship, the ship, because the winds were howling. The waves were crashing upon that freighter. And I believe that the devil would try to drown our ship. But every day, the captain says, I've been a captain a long time. Mr. Sumrall, he was talking to dad. And he said, uh, we'll get through this. He said, I've seen pretty bad weather, but this is, this is pretty bad. So took three typhoons. You know why I believe that happened? Because of the revival that hit the Philippines, the power of God that came to the Philippines, the anointing of the Lord that came to the Philippines, how that girl was set free by the demonic force and the power. That's another story in itself. All the things that happened in the Philippines, the church was raised up in the Philippines, people got to hear about the good things of, my Lord, it gets better all the time. That happened back then, in the 50s. But Oh, hallelujah. So God has a plan, always has a plan. In Exodus 14, Pharaoh changed his mind and started chasing the children of Israel. And they were between a rock and a hard place. And Moses said in verse 13 of chapter 14, Moses said, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord that he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you've seen today, you shall see them no more forever. The Lord's going to fight for you and you hold your peace. Ah if he said it in a spiritual manner, he said, what you need to do is shut thy trap. Keep your mouth shut. Hold your peace." And so they cried, verse 15, the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore cry you and me, speak to the children of Israel, that they go forward. And God was the one to receive. So God waited until the entire Egyptian army got in the middle of the Red Sea, and then he brought back the sea against the enemy. The protection that God has for his people is amazing. Now, that was when I was five years old, having to do with that. We've seen many things in life that have caused concern even close to death. It happened many years ago. My son was about five years old. We were headed south, down to Indianapolis. We had a, an appointment down there. Lester was traveling with me, and we were on Highway 31, and it was icy. And running around us at a very fast speed was a tow truck. But we did not know that the tow truck was not properly built. It. So we were somewhere in the vicinity close to Kokomo, and this tragic thing happened that the car that they carried on the tow truck came loose and came close to my car. And if I would have had anything on my spirit more than what I said, I said, Jesus. I just had time for that. <laughs> it programmed in my heart was the name Jesus. He turned around the car and he hit the car going another direction, spared my life. I pulled over there. And what was interesting, we found out later that the lady driving the car was already born again. But there was a baby wedged in between this and the other lady. And I reached in there and pulled that baby out. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was just praying in the spirit. I took the baby by the heel and shook out the baby. Upside down like that, it took out all the glass. So when the paramedics came, I told them what I did. They said, that's exactly what we would have done. I said, well, thank God. I had that apartment to make, so I got in there, gave my information, looked, went back. And so... Later on that night, they had someone writing the whole story, and they said there was another car, which the car was going right towards it, and he said the name Jesus, and I turned around and went there and hit that other car going in another direction. Anyway, God protected me by, in my spirit, having the name programmed in my heart. Now, there's a lot of you that probably even have heard of the tragic thing that happened at Tenerife. There was a man on that plane that was a spiritual man. And he commanded the different parts of metal flying towards him. He just became like a shield and it started going around him. I don't know how many died in that particular situation, but he spoke it out. He believed it. They ran off the back of him. They landed and everything else. He was spared death. for the protection of the Lord is amazing. He will help his children in any and every direction. Now notice, I'm not finished with that yet. Look over here in in that 14th chapter. And so when this happened, when this happened, look down about verse 31. And Israel saw the great work the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord. That's a godly fear. And believed the Lord and his servant Moses. What did Moses say? He would never see them again. He meant to say he'd never see them alive again because they were dead on the shore. Ha! Ah. Now, just over a couple pages, to Exodus chapter 17. In Exodus 17, we have a most interesting time. Battle going on. And the Amalekites were trying to win, and they were fighting with Israel. And uh, notice what it said here. Moses said, if Joshua choose out men, we're going to fight Amalek. Tomorrow I'll stand on the top of the hill, the rod of God in my hand, so Joshua did Moses said. And fought with Amalek, and Moses <coughs> had Aaron and her went to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand, that's when Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. That means that they were under his arms, helping him lift his hands up. And that's what we as a church need to do. We need to come under the arms of the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists, to hold them up. Don't take the finger of accusation and point towards them. You need to lift them up by prayer. That's what we need to do, lifting one another up before the heavens. Now notice, when they did that, the victory came when their hands were lifted up. But finally, verse 12, Moses' hands were heavy. They, so they took a stone and put under him. He sat there on it. Aaron heard stayed up his hands on one side and one on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua disconfitted Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. So what happened? He goes all the way through it. And then verse 15, Moses built an altar and called the name of the altar Jehovah Nisi, what means the Lord of our banner. He's our banner. So we carry banners with us. We carry all the things God has for us. So God's doing great things everywhere. And so by the precedents we see, by the things that God has for us, by the different things we can find through the life of Moses, through the life of Joshua, through different ways how God protects his people. He will protect you today. He wants to bless you today. Now, When Karen and I, when we rest and we go to sleep, we always said the angels come around our house. Every night I said angels come around my house. Come inside, come outside. Whatever side you want to come in, help yourself. So we're protected by the angels of the most high God. So we don't fear anything. Never have, never will. There have been occasions. Things have happened in my life. I'm not ready to give all of them up because the fact is it it, it take a while to tell everyone. But I... (laughs) The enemy tried to take me out a bunch of times, but he hasn't been able to do it. Hasn't been able to do it. In fact, this uh, really wasn't too long ago. because I was in the hospital, I went to intensive care. I had a high blood pressure problem, and it was very high, and uh, they had IVs in my arm. And later they told me, a nurse told me, he says, you were five beats off of death. What do you mean? Yeah. The heartbeat, the heartbeat was only going like thirty beats a minute. That's mighty slow. And she said, If your heartbeat would have gone down to twenty five, you'd have a flat line. You'd have been dead. And so while I heard that, inside my spirit I started hearing these words. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. So I asked that nurse to shut the door. She shut the door, and I started rebuking the devil. I said, you don't have any right. You don't have any permission to come in and hurt my body. You don't have a right to do anything here. I started praying in the Holy Ghost. I started ministering to the Lord. And the glory of God came in that room. The power of the Spirit of God came. And I started feeling stronger and stronger and stronger. And then I called Karen a little bit later. I said, hey, I want to get out of this place. I've been in incarceration too long. I had two more days to go. That was two days too long. I don't suggest anyone take a vacation there in the hospital. Nobody. That is not a vacation place. Anyway, so God has protection for his children. And that's what the major part here is, is seeing his protection involved in every situation. Now, turn with me to Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, and in verse 3. Again, what we see here is the protection of God, but we have to do something about it. Now, these three men that were placed in the fiery furnace, they did something. They spoke it out. They said, we will not bow. Then they did not change their mind, no matter what they tried to do. You see, one of the things the enemy is greatest at is the word intimidation. If intimidation comes your way, notice that intimidation nine times out of ten is false. Intimidation is false. But I tell you right now, on the authority of God's word, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That means N-O, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And in the lives of these Hebrew children here, three young men dedicated to God, sanctified themselves to God, ready to do what God told them to do. That so excited the heavenlies that God sent his son into the fiery furnace. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what kind of problem. I don't know exactly what kind of need you have, but God will get in the furnace with you. He'll be there to bring his peace, his joy, his righteousness. All these things will come upon you. And the blessings of heaven will be upon you. Hallelujah. So you don't have to think about the fearful things. There's all kind of things the enemy works out there in the area. He tries to cause fear to come into the hearts and the lives of the people. He tries to put all kind of cloud your mind. puts a bunch of junk in your mind. puts a bunch of junk in your heart. He tries to keep you there by attitude, anger against somebody, bitterness against somebody, some problems against somebody. Let it go. Just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. And let the peace of God rule your hearts and minds in the name of Jesus. Let the peace of God rule and reign. Don't let that problem, don't let that circumstance, don't let that cloud rule your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let you find Joshua, the other side of Deuteronomy. That's where Joshua is. Chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, every place that the sole of your foot, shall tread." I have given it to you, as I said unto Moses. Which means, in common vernacular, I have put you in leadership. And when Moses is ready to leave, you're the one that's going to be the leader. That's what happened. That's exactly what took place. But notice, in our lives, he tells us to be strong and have a good courage. Now, he says it several times, verse 6. Be strong and of good courage under this people who divide and inheritance of the land, which I give to your fathers. Then 7, he says, Be strong and be of good courage. Then he goes on to say that. But what I want to get to is verse 8. Verse 8 is so powerful and wonderful. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You will meditate therein, day and night, to do what you to written to do. For then, put a circle around then. Then you will make your way prosperous. And then... You will have good success. Nine, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid; neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you, wherever you go. That's not bad, is it? That's not bad at all. Having to do with the fact that God will protect His children. So the history of unseen victories in the natural it couldn't happen, but only in the supernatural. Hallelujah, that God wants to show us things, cause these things to come. All right, look at 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 17, the story about David. David comes and faces Goliath. He finally tells Goliath, he said, It's better for you that you had not even got out of bed today. That's what he wanted to say to him. And uh, verse 45, chapter 17, and he said, David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield. But I come unto you in the name of the Lord of hosts, (laughs) the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day will the Lord deliver you into my hand. He will smite you, take your head from off you, and give your carcass to the host of the Philistines this day, the fowls of the air, the wild beasts of the earth. Why? That all the earth may know there's a God in Israel. Hallelujah. And all this assemblies of know that the Lord saves not with sword and spirit, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you into our hands. Uh, so this might say, well, wait a minute, when David went down there and picked up five stones, why did he pick up the five stones? Funny, he was going for the family plan because Goliath had four brothers, and he was going to take out the whole family at one time. That's why he had, it wasn't because he was a bad shot, it's the fact that he was going for the family plan. I'm going for Goliath and his brothers. Now, he did get Goliath. Now, notice what happened there. When Goliath fell, he was only unconscious. He wasn't dead. Because then David jumped on top of him, took out his own sword, Goliath's sword, and cut off his head. I might be speaking to somebody, if you have a problem with a habit, if you have a problem with sin, if you have sins that have not, you know, they've been wicked in your mind, wicked in your heart, wicked through your life, you've got to cut the neck off. You've got to cut it out in the name of Jesus. You've got to be ruthless in the Holy Ghost. You have to go after it and do what God tells you to do. Hallelujah. But David, I can see him, he rehearsed the story about the lion. Then he rehearsed the story about the bear, bear. And finally what he said about Goliath, he said this uncircumcised. Philistine, he said he's going to be no different than the lion and the bear. No difference at all. What do I say to you? I say, look at your victories. Look at your healing. Look at your blessing. Look at the goodness of God. Look at his provision. Look at all the things he's done for us. I'll take it up a song right now that's coming through my heart. It said, uh, you have it to do with the fact that, you know, amen. Having it to do. You know, having to do that. This is the day the Lord hath made; we'll be glad and rejoice in it. We do that, and then, uh, then He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Look what the Lord hath done! Look what the Lord hath done! Oh, hallelujah! When I get turned on, I tell you, it's here. <laughs> glory to God! Hallelujah! We're giving Him glory. We're giving Him praise. We're giving Him honor. And so, uh, this is just a tidbit of what we could actually say in regard to what happens here. But the main thing is this, that God will give his children the victory. So it's time to walk in victory, friend. It's time to walk in the joy of the Lord. It's time to walk in peace. It's time to walk in righteousness. It's time to do walk like heaven walks. See as heaven sees, And do what heaven tells you to do. Hallelujah. We need eternity in our hearts. Eternity has to be in your heart. Then everything surrounding you, everything around about you, think about eternity. Is this good enough for eternity? Shall this last in eternity? The only thing that lasts for eternity is soul. The only thing, talking about your brother, talking about your sister, talking about your family, whoever it might be, are they in the ark of safety? Are they born again? Are they righteous before God? If they're not, We need to pray that God will save them and deliver them and set them free by his mighty power, by his glory, by his majesty. So the miracle that took place in the lives of these three men was to show who God was. That's why it was done. Demonstrate God Almighty. Because that wicked king was mocking God. Who will spare me? Who will you know, ever get away from me? Even what kind of God will ever get away from me? Well God showed up and showed him. Finally, the king had a turn around. He had a three sixty motion. He came all the way back to truth. Turned all the way around. Started going in another direction totally. Totally changed his thought, changed his idea. From moment to time. That's what we need to be. We need to be in this generation, being a blessing to those us, causing the good things of heaven to come to his children. Amen? Amen, 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 amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We bless and praise your mighty name, Lord. We give you all glory. We give you all honor. We thank you for what you are doing right now in our hearts and lives. We love you. We praise you. We give you thanks at what you have done and what you continue to do. And, Lord, there might be some out there. In fact, we know that there are people out there that they're wanting their children, they're wanting their family to come into the kingdom. Lord, arrest them right now. Uh, Bring them, bring them into it. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we speak salvation. We speak healing. We speak deliverance. We speak joy. We speak the very presence of Almighty God in every life. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Have you ever been told that God's got a good plan for you? Causing these things to happen? He will set you free by his power of spirit. We're going to go right now into the communion. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 26. We'll read that. We'll have communion. We have ours ready. We trust you have yours ready. This is so important because communion is not the icing on the cake. Communion is what Jesus said to do. Now, this is verse 26. As they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and drank it and gave it to the disciples, said, Take eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine, until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's an amazing thing, isn't it, as we take this Holy Communion? I want to read another one to you over here, so let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And this is an amazing scripture also, having to do with the fact that what God wants us to understand and to know, having to do with what God wants us to walk into. All right? It's in verse 7, 1 Corinthians 5 and 7. Purge you out, therefore, the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened, for even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice, or wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. How stronger can the measure be? How strong are we saying this now? And so we want you to prepare your heart, prepare your life, get ready for this time of taking holy communion before our Lord. And uh, I say this, that communion is one of the important things, that some churches have it once a month. Some even have it actually less than that. But the Bible says when you do this, You can show the Lord's death until he comes. Smith Wigglesworth had the Holy Communion every day of his life. When he got saved, he started taking the Holy Communion. It's his responsibility before God. So the Bible doesn't want us to take the Communion and let it be common. We have to prepare our hearts, prepare your life, get ready to receive the Communion. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's an amazing thing that the Lord said, do this. And the Bible says that he will not do this until we do this with him in heaven. What an amazing word. What an amazing word. Take the bread that you have there, hold it in your hand. And Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do and remembers the me. And I've said this so many times, it's so true that The living bread came down from God to us. And he lived in the place of Bethlehem, which means the house of bread. So he wants you to receive the living bread right now. Father God, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you that your son's body was broken for us. And that's why your son, he received the different punishments in his body. All the things that came upon him, the crown of thorns, the spirit is side. His back lacerated. Everything that happened to him. Nailed to the cross. We remember that. But thanks be unto God that he rose <laughs> triumphantly. Hallelujah. So if we take this breath, we take life inside of our being. In the name of Jesus, shall we eat together? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be you. Fiber of your body be healed in the name of Jesus. Every pain go. Every sickness go. Whatever attack is on your body now in the name of the Lord, we bring in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and surround you with In the name of Jesus. The power of Almighty God. Look down upon you, whatever state you're in, whatever country you're in, wherever you're listening to this right now. Receive, in hey, Jesus' name. <laughs> That's the joy of the Lord rises up in me right now. <laughs> hey, receive it right now. Receive it right now. And the Bible says that He took the cup. He took the cup, the grape juice, the fruit of the vine. The Bible says. It says this cup. It's symbolic of his blood. His blood washes our minds. His blood washes our if there's anything in our heart that is wrong against you, Lord, take it out. Take out every thought that should not be there. Oh Holy Ghost, you with a sweat down. As we feel your presence, we feel your glory, we feel your glory. We repent of anything, everything. Let the Holy Spirit show his great searchlight in our hearts and in our lives. Set us free. By your blood. And if any habit, anything in our lives that should not be there, take it out, oh, surgeon of heaven. Come and do that. The Holy Ghost is the surgeon of heaven. He will take out what should not be there. Thank you, Lord. We receive it now. Thank you for your blood, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you shed your blood on Cal to make us free. And then you said, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And so we drink to freedom, to liberation. The Emancipation Proclamation of Heaven has been mentioned and mandated from the throne of God. So now we drink in victory. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 So basically what we're dealing with right now, Monday from 8 o'clock to 9, we're going to be talking about the healing, Is the Children's Bread? That's a series already started. Then now the series in Daniel, we will have that from 6 to 7 every Tuesday. And so uh, we'll be excited about what God is doing in our hearts and lives and causing this way of Touching hearts and lives across the nation and around the world, you're to feel the very heartbeat of heaven. I feel that strong. We feel the heartbeat of heaven move in your direction. <laughs> I'm having to hold myself, my composure to my, my pulpit because I'm feeling the wave of the spirit. And so teach you, I must say right now, just lift your hands, give him praise, give him glory, give him honor. We thank you, Lord. Right now, what you're doing, how you're setting free, how you're causing glory to come, how the victory of heaven has come. Oh, receive that right now. Receive it right now. receive, 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 now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh. Now you can write us and give some testimonies. One two eight zero eight Adventure Drive. Write us. Riverview. Three three five seven nine. I would like to hear some testimonies of people that have been touched in here. Blessings on you. Okay. And and oh yeah. Uh, also, if you want to talk to me, that that is area code eight one three two one five zero nine three five. I'll pray for you. I'll talk to you. I'll fellowship with you. Have a great time. Thank you so much for allowing me to do this, Sister Deborah. Been on my heart for some time, and now God has provided this this platform of ministry. God bless each and every one, and may you truly feel his power and his presence and his glory filling your life today with the anointing of the spirit of the living God. God bless you. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.